California knows how to party. Okay. Well, I don't understand. I'm going to California. Okay. And I'm going to get the fuck out of New York yeah. for a week. Uh-huh. And I'm going to do some diggy doing and lead gating amongst of them at the beach with a friend. Maybe go to Disney. And then I'm going to go to L.A. And I'm going to see Jesus. Himself? Jesus lives in L.A. in the Hollywood Hills. Did you know that? Are you talking about John Legend? <laughs> Niche. That's niche. Tell them what that is. You know, well, I did Jesus Christ Superstar live on NBC with him. Which was honestly, in terms of all the live musicals, sincerely, and it's not just because of you. Like, I think that was the best one. I agree. And I'm not being biased. When we we had to rehearse and he had to do, what is it, the 49 lashes? Is Mm -hmm. that something? Mm -hmm. And he started getting his lashes and it was like this. Uh. Uh. Like to be funny? No. In all earnestness, and we were all like, if John Legend was a bottom, we just got a window into his life. Hi, everyone. Welcome to I Think Not, where we tell you about our musical theater past. (laughs) I guess we talk about true crime as well. I'm Ellen Marsh, and I'm not sure if that's Joey Taranto over there. Maybe it is. <laughs> Maybe it isn't. But welcome to I Think Not, the podcast where we recap all of your true crime TV shows. And we also talk about Broadway. We also talk about Silly Goose stuff and John Legend. But honestly, in Jesus Christ Superstar, the musical, everybody knows Judas has the best songs. Oh, the absolute best. Wait, what's your favorite song? Ready? One, two, three. Heaven on their minds. Well, you didn't even give me a second. Wait, okay. What were you going to say? I don't know the names of the songs I mean, off you the top of my the head. Musical. I know. But I like, um, what's the song he sings? His Lament at the end when Jesus is taken away. It's basically right before he dies by suicide. Don't ruin the ending! <laughs> I think the story's been known for a long time. You never know who's read the Bible and who hasn't. Great! Now everyone's gonna know the ending before they see the musical. Spoiler alert. Jesus died. <gasps> we should have a watch party of Jesus Christ Superstar Live. Discord Daddy already told us that that list is a mile long. Can we get on with the show? <laughs> Sorry. Okay, we do have a watch party option on our Patreon, thanks to Discord Daddy. If you know, you know, but you can join us on patreon.com slash I think not. If you want bonus content, we're really trying to make the bonuses worth it. We're needy. We're sending out nudes right and left. I'm kidding. If you're new here, we don't send out nudes, but we love you. We're here on our last episode of Frogging. How do you feel saying goodbye to Frogging? Well, the truth is, Ellen, you're actually telling a lie right now. Don't tell me. This is not our last episode of Frog. Why? Because we're going to be doing another episode that is a co-pro. Joey, you ruined all the surprises. Next week, listen, people hate this show, but they love this show. They hate how much they love it. You have all grown to love it. We're bringing you another bonus episode of Frogging with our Date with Dateline girls, Kimberly and Katie. They love this show. So next week, we will be doing one more episode, and then we're moving on to a new one. But Joey ruined Christmas. I love Christmas. People think that Father Christmas eats the cookies, but it's me. <laughs> I always think if someone's just listening to this for the first time, they're like, nope. I know. They're like, unsubscribe. Uh, you think that Gilbert the Goblin. Goblin is where they draw the line? Do you know how many random things we fucking say in an episode that anyone would be like, I did not sign up for this? No, I don't listen when we talk. But season one, episode four, Buried Secrets. I promise you on everything that I know that is holy, I thought it said buried screenshots. (laughs) 
<laughs> we don't bury ours. And I was like, I was we like, have a file. just in case you guys want to know where my brain is. And I wrote buried screenshots. I was like, that doesn't seem right. How is everyone? I'm fine. I knew he was in there. I could feel him. I felt like I could almost smell him. I am terrified. There is a green eyeball staring directly up at me. That's the stuff of horror movies. Heads up, everybody. Make sure your crawl spaces are locked. He said, I could kill you right now. Okay, so today's episode sets the mood by starting with a 911 call. 911, let's do an emergency. I have a stopper with an order of protection, and he broke it three times already. The guy who keeps breaking the orders is coming in my house. Okay, what is Yes, you did just hear two gunshots. I don't think this is one that's going to have a happy ending. This is not Finding Nemo, y'all. We meet Vicki Martin, and she is a floral designer who lives just a little bit outside Nashville. I've lived in this house for 27 years. It's an older neighborhood. My home was built in the early 60s. I live in a split-level ranch. It's about a half a mile off the road. I'm up on a hill. Sing a lonely old hut, lay, lay, lay. When you really listen to the lyrics of that song, it's actually very, very funny. I was going to say, don't ruin my childhood. No, I it's you were really be like, funny. Okay. Like the whole story. Soon, ha ma ma, with a gleaming goat, hello, lady, hello, lady, hello. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is a great. I mean, you know, I love the sound of music. That was added for the movie, by the way. Yeah. Only a monster wouldn't like the sound of music. <laughs> so not only is she a florist, she does yoga. Yeah. Okay, she's a yoga instructor, and I hope it's with goats. I've seen goat yoga. I'm not one for yoga. Oh, I love yoga, but I want to try yoga with goats where they're like, now you're going to get into your downward dog. I just fall asleep in yoga. Whenever they like take us through the thing, I'm like... <clears throat> We're going to do our chaturanga. I love goats. <laughs> I enter the doors that we call the flower shop room because I work from home. There's a door leading off to the right that has a large bedroom there, about 600 square feet with eight foot windows. And then you can go upstairs to the kitchen. Uh, walking through the kitchen, there's three full bedrooms and one and a half baths. I've raised seven beautiful kids in this great house, four boys, three girls. We were homeschooled, so we were all there all the time. Seven kids in this house. This is my literal clitoral worst nightmare. Slot of kids, slot of math. Listen, we were all forced to be homeschooled teachers in 2020 and parts of 2021. And my motto was, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I know I'm doing it really, really well. Turns out I knew a whole lot of nothing. What are kids learning in school? Like, hi, teacher, is my credit score important? Now, play with this recorder. How do you do your taxes? Ha, cra, like... <laughs> I'm just saying, I do, I could barely get through homeschooling with one kid. And I had the internet to help me. How she did it with seven? I mean, she homeschooled. Nine times. Okay, it wasn't nine, it was seven. I just really like that audio. <laughs> yeah, I don't need Jeff Foxworthy to tell me that I'm not smarter than a fifth grader. I'll tell you myself. Also, seven kids that never leave the house. But you know what? Daughter Jessica is here, and she speaks so fondly of how they grew up and where they grew up. There's big woods in the back and so we built lots of little secret clubhouses in the woods and there's a big creek going through it so we're always catching crawdads and just running wild in the woods super fun it was great raising them all there but i've really enjoyed living in this big house by myself having my floral business and the art and the yoga that i do here when the kids moved out 
Yes, I did start branching out and start dating. She's like, I'm going to start online dating, which that is a whole new world with lots of weirdos to pursue. They won't pay for your meal. He's getting it. You listen to their spiel of how they'll be a good man. They'll cheat on you. (laughs) (laughs) And then they'll take your money too. Fuck this online dating. It's a criminal ring. Now I'm in an online dating with you. You okay, baby? I'm fine. Right? <laughs> no, listen. Let me be real for a second. Online dating when you're older is not that hard. It's easy. It's like riding a bike, right? Okay. Except like the bike is on fire <laughs> and like you're on fire <laughs> and actually you're in hell. <laughs> So it's like, you know, it's the same. Everyone's fine. Everything is fine. Honestly, it's it's actually cut and dry. Because when you're older, you're like, are we fucking doing this? Because if not, I'm going to go home and watch TV. It's true. I can watch Golden Girls by myself. So it's May of 2014, and Vicky meets a guy named Tony. And so she was like, Tony and I met on an online dating site. And he was absolutely charming. And it was fireworks. Which means he knew where her clitoris was. And good for you, Tony, for doing your homework. Joey. What? How do you know that? She didn't say that. I'm reading between the clitoral lines. Okay. Did you see what I just did there? Yes. I think I should go into podcasting. He's handsome, um, very intelligent. He's a yeah, master electrician uh, who's very adventurous. And I had always had a great fear of heights. I'd never ridden a roller coaster. This woman, she doesn't want to get on a ladder. But with Tony, I went skydiving. I have to say, I like that. I like that because I don't like being afraid of things. I want to face them. But having a partner who challenges you is really nice. Having a partner is nice. Okay, you okay? I'm fine. Being single's great too, honey. It's fine. <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. You spend your life being a mom and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I can do fun stuff. Not that raising kids isn't fun, but you know what I mean. So six months in, he says those fucking six magic words. There's something I need to tell you. Oh, Jesus. What is it? Gonorrhea? Bad credit? Is your name Izzy? You live with your mama. What is it? Just just tell me. And he said, well, some years ago, I got in to kind of a bra in a bar, and things got out of hand, and me and this other dude were fighting over a woman. He said, and I was arrested, and I served time for it. And he was very remorseful. He said, it's not something that had ever happened before. And I took the whole thing as, you know what? We all make mistakes. I just, I let it go. Thank God it wasn't the credit score because that we know from Love is Blind is non-negotiable. Also smoking in your house. Although somebody messaged us and they were very upset that we talked about judging people for smoking in their house. We're not judging you. If you want to smoke in your house, baby, you paid for it. I'm just saying I don't want to smell smoke in my house. Yeah. Stop thinking we're talking about you. We're probably just talking about ourselves. We're actors. We're at, we are the most selfish people. <laughs> Why do you bring every story back to you? I know no other stories, ma'am. <laughs> I just blah don't... blah blah. My line. <laughs> we're kidding. We were very in love, so we decided to live together after about a year and a half of dating, and that brings us to about Christmas, December, two thousand fifteen. I know what you're all gonna say, so I'm actually gonna be unpredictable today. Okay. Great. I'm gonna say, move in with your partner. Do it. Yeah. Live your life. Just know you're going to have to shave your legs a lot more. Okay? (laughs) That's it. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Because, honey, y'all, Ellen likes her legs in the state where she could start a campfire on Survivor if she has to. Just rub those legs together. Yeah. There will be 
Off higher. If ever, like, plans don't go according to plan, I'm always like, yeah, no problem. Fuck, I shaved my legs for no reason. Aww. It's, it's a thing. Yeah. You I gotta... mean, if I shave my butthole, it's going to be for a reason. Okay. So, someone just unsubscribed. Someone just unsubscribed. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Sandra in, like, Toluca Lake was like, no, no more for me. <laughs> it's Christmas, 2015. And there was a beautiful treasure hunt on Christmas Day for my gift. And when you followed the clue... There was a piece of jewelry at the end of each clue until it came to a large carrot and a half solitaire, which was really beautiful, and he came over and he actually got on his knees and proposed. I didn't really say yes, because I said I wasn't gonna get married, but I'd wear the ring. Yeah, she's like, I love the dick and I love the companionship. We're not signing paperwork. Yeah, I'm sure that you spent a pretty penny at Jared's and that is fine. Love it. Also, Jared's does have some nice things, but- <laughs> she, Have you been there lately? <laughs> not lately, but they do. Anyway, so they go on with their lives. Which I'm just like, I wonder if they had that conversation and he did it anyway? Yeah, because in order for you to feel comfortable enough to propose, you're going to test the waters. Yeah, and you got to talk about that shit. Do you want to move in? Where do you see your life? Yeah, do I have to shave my legs? You're going to tickle these toes at night, but also do you see yourself married? And so the thing is, is that after Vicky was like, I'm going to wear this ring, but we're not getting married. Mm -hmm. She noticed a change in Tony. Mm -hmm. We didn't have any incidences, but he wasn't his happy, happy, cheerful self. And then I was like, mm, the energy is changing, something's wrong. And a friend of mine knew that I wasn't my normal bubbly bubbly and asked me what was up. She said, it's the boyfriend, isn't it? And I'm like, yeah, it's the boyfriend. So my friend, who uh, did background checks for a living, said, hey, girl, you need to take $2 and go to the city where you used to live. And from there, you'll get a police report. And if anything's going on, it's going to be your first clue of where he's at. So she gets to the sheriff's office and they're like, Tony, Tony, Tony. Ah, here it is. How much cash did you bring? Because each report is $2 and we only take cash. Do you need to go to the ATM? You're going to be here for a minute. Yeah, I hope you visited a strip club lately because you're going to need your singles. So he started reading these uh, reports and he said, there's a lot more to this than you realize because on this judgment, he has an inmate number. So he went, you don't know what this is about, do you? And I was like, no, sir, I don't. He said, just take a breath. You got something going on here. He had been charged with attempted manslaughter. And this was a woman. There was no dude. It wasn't a man. This is graphic, so just buckle up. There was a woman that he actually boot stomped a woman's face. And I was absolutely horrified. I was really pretty in shock because I didn't see any of this coming. No one wants to believe that the person they've invited to live in their house and share a relationship with is capable of something like that. So I'm sure it was a lot to process. My heart actually broke for Vicky because you and I have both been there when we get news about someone and that news really settles in and you're like, Holy fuck. Yeah. I thought this person was somebody different. It's scary. And she's like... His actions were loving, sweet, calm, peaceful. He went to yoga with me and did the meditations. It was beautiful. And then I find out that he had a trail of charges in the state of Tennessee. I was like, oh no. I didn't know this person. So I knew I was in trouble with this guy living in my house. So I went home and I pulled up. So I said, hey, 
I have some information that doesn't settle with me. I said, you told me you got in a fight with a man. I said, you know, I don't want to go into the story. What I want you to understand is I am not comfortable with someone living in my house, let alone being my partner with this type of past. I said, I can't, you lied about it, you know, and you need to leave. And I'll never forget, he was at the top of the driveway and he was cutting a piece of plywood with a uh, electric saw, the skill saw. Honestly though, Vicky, like if he is a violent person, maybe we don't talk to him when he's holding a power tool. Agreed. And she said. And he looked up at me and it was a look I'd never seen in his face before. And he was so dark. His eyes were dark and slanted and he looked at me, he turned his head up. He said, I could kill you right now. Can we push pause? Can we just take a collective moment? Are there goats here in New Jersey that can lead us in some salutations? Because that is a lot for me to process as a viewer. Yeah. What a shift. She calls 911. And he gets in his car and leaves. I love what a no-nonsense down bitch Vicky is because she was not taking any chances. She's like, he is out of here. She filed an order of protection. She did everything she could to protect herself, to protect her home, to protect her family, or so she thought. So two days later, Tony enters Vicky's house. And I knew he had entered the house because I had an African-mutated water frog that was 20 years old, and he killed my frog. That's an old frog. That is an old frog. If that frog could talk, it'd be like, what's up, Vicky? I've just been mutating for 20 years. Look at this. Look at this. Oh, God, I love this, this place. No, that was a chicken. <laughs> yeah, Wait, that's what, okay. what does a frog say? Ribbit. You want to lead us in some meditation, rabbit? Just... A dead frog. It freaked Vicky out. And I mean, the thing is, is having a pet for 20 years, that's a long fucking time. So the next morning, Vicky goes out on her back porch where she would do some yoga, have some tea, do some meditating, call the four corners, say hello to Mano. And she finds a gift with a note on the porch table. And the gift was a, a threshold plate for a door. We were redoing some doors at the house. And he left that on the table with a note that said, I bought this because I wanted you to have it. Let's work this out. So I called 911, and they came. And I told the officer that I had been granted a order of protection. And then the officer looked at me and he said, you know, I'm not gonna call this in. I'm not gonna allow you on a whim of a note that we don't know who wrote the ability to ruin this man's life. You know your partner's fucking handwriting. Sure. Take the fucking report. I feel like I've never seen this man. I feel like he looks like a wet Band-Aid. Take the (laughs) fucking report. Write it down and figure it out later. Don't fucking question me. Agreed. You know, she's not out to ruin someone's life. Right. And so Vicky was like, okay, cool, fuck you. I'm changing the locks. All the windows, all the doors, everything was locked down. And honey, her home became a fortress because everything that could be locked was locked. This was Hogwarts and Voldemort was a coming. <laughs> She's terrified. Yes. The evening of the third day, I'd gone asleep sitting on my living room couch and I was sitting there and I felt someone staring at me and I turned my head towards the window and opened my eyes. And there he was staring at me. Terrifying. The thought of looking out a window and somebody looking in, I can't. I can't. It's a nightmare. No, that is an actual nightmare. This show is a nightmare. And he's like, Vicky, it's me, Tony. Let's work this out without the police. And she's like, no. How about no? So I called 911 again. They come out and take a report. 
I was like, hey, hamster faces, how about you fucking do something? This is now the third time she has called 911. So then the next day I'm working on the flower shop and I heard something and I looked out and Tony was in the front hedge. He was running across the yard and took a right to go back up into the woods. So of course I called 911 again. So my friend who suggested the sheriff's department called me up and she said, Vicki, she said, you know, I know that you're nonviolent. I know that you don't want any harm. She said, but this is going to get you killed. She goes, you need to come out. I have a registered gun that I can loan you to protect yourself with. And I said, I'll be there tomorrow. The day that I got that gun, I fell asleep on the couch and I woke up and he had his face pressed up against the glass. I would leap out of my skin. I, there would just be a skin suit on yep. the ground. It yep. would just be us. They'd be like, what is that? A Halloween costume? No, that's Ellen's skin. She jumped out of yep. it. Pray for her. Yeah. And Tony ran off. So now Vicky decides, I have no other choice. I have to invest in an alarm system. So it's June 21st, 2016. And Daniel Cooper is the guy installing the security system. And he was like, Usually on a normal call, it's a very simple process. You walk in, meet the customer, hang the stuff up and, and get out of there. This was not one of those Calls. Yeah, she he comes there and Vicky's like, listen, I need eyes and ears on this place. She's she's watched Homeland a couple times. It's true. And so Daniel conducts a survey of the home and Daniel says, I can tell it's a larger home. Uh, it's going to take me about three to four hours. My daughter needed to go to work. So I told the guy, I said, I'm going to take her to work. Um, and I can't be inside somebody's home if they're not there. So I leave to go get some breakfast as she takes her her daughter to work. Now, he had already done the walk around. So he had the plans for what he wanted to do in the house, where he wanted to put cameras, where he wanted to put the alarm. They left it in the kitchen. So, you know, he goes to grab a bagel because they, they have a great lock schmear over at the Yeasty Boys bagel shop. The Yeasty Boys? Yeah. They're like, no, oh, sleep till you have a schmear. <laughs> <laughs> it was owned by a previous family who decided to move away. And I think it was called It's the Yeast You Can Do. Yeah. <laughs> and when I came back, he had left his notebooks and a programming information about the alarm system upstairs in the kitchen. That information was at the bottom of the driveway. Now, this driveway is almost a half a mile long. As I'm eating breakfast, I get a call from Miss Martin. She's very upset and wanting me to come back to the home immediately. I pull up to Miss Martin's house. She meets me at the end of the driveway uh, asking me if I did this. And Daniel's like, no, I left it in the kitchen. Also, bagels in Tennessee are delicious. They're <laughs> honestly lit. So Vicky's like, great, calling the cops again. And two police officers pulled up. Ask us a lot of questions. If I've seen any kind of forced entry, if I've seen anybody in the home. Uh, they entered the house and then they left. So next I go back to work getting Miss Martin protected. And I called my friend and I said, he's in the house and the police have been here. And they said, he's not here, but I feel him and I know it's going down today. It sounds like you're calling to tell me goodbye. And I said, you know, I kind of feel like I am. I just want you to know I love you. 
and kiss the kids. She literally says goodbye to her friend like she's saying goodbye for forever. Yeah. That is how scared she is. That is how sure she is that this psychopath is in her house. I don't even know what I would say if you called me with something, saying something like that. I can only imagine the desperation she felt, but also her friend being like, this is not goodbye, Vicky. Like, you have to take control. I mean, she must have been terrified. And so we got off the phone and I set my phone down on my bedside table with the phone charger in it because that phone was my lifeline. So I set it down and the alarm installation guy came in and he said, Miss Martin, I'm done here. And this is the part where we install the app to your telephone. So I asked her to go get her phone. So I reached over to grab my phone and the phone was gone. The phone is gone. It's gone, pecan, nowhere. Nowhere to be found. No calls in, no calls out. No Facebook, no Spotify, no TikTok. No phone, no ET phone home, no call me maybe. The phone is gone. (laughs) It is gone. She is freaked out. I said, Cooper, dial my landline number because my landline is always forwarded to my cell phone for business. So I made the phone call. The phone goes straight to voicemail. So I knew he had disabled my landline. At this point, Miss Martin starts to hyperventilate. I said, Cooper, this is going down right now and you need to get out. He's in the house, dial 911. And I jumped out of my chair and I grabbed the revolver. She starts repeating, he's in here, he's in here, and then pulls out a gun. Daniel's thinking, I don't get paid enough for this shit. I get paid to install the alarm, not ring it myself. Yeah. I'm not Beyonce talking about. Vicky grabs the gun and she is creeping around. We are in a Bourne movie right now. So at this point, I go around the house. I check in five bedrooms, two bathrooms, a workspace, and nobody's there. And I've got this gun. And I re-entered my bedroom. I knew he was in there. I could feel him. And I looked at the foot of the bed and I pulled the bed skirt up and I leaned down and I saw him. And I told him, I see you under my bed, give me my phone. And he didn't let go of the phone. And I leaned down with that revolver, give me my phone. Mind you, Daniel doesn't see anything or anyone. Daniel is like, what is going on? He doesn't know who this woman is. He's just installing alarms and he's like. And then I hear a boom. I walk into the bedroom, I see Miss Martin, she's holding the gun, pointing at the bed, and I don't see anyone. I ask Miss Martin, did you just shoot that gun? And she says, he's under the bed, he's under the bed. Next, I ask for Miss Martin to hand me the pistol. She says, no, no, and fires another shot at the ground. But I didn't hit him, I hit the baseboard again. I knew what I was doing. I go into the bathroom and call 911. I'm in the bathroom just thinking, I don't know if there's somebody under the bed or if Miss Martin is just having a mental break. He still didn't give me the phone. And I said, give me the phone. Vicky is not fucking playing around. Nor should she. I shot it again. I shot him in the left foot and he screamed. Vic, I'm hit. I'm hit. Tony, you're about to be dead. I don't know what your end game is here, but you have a bullet in the foot. I think you need to hand over the phone, you dumb motherfucker. And then I shot that gun at the baseboard. I told him, I said, don't ever say my name again. I was like, work. Honey, the yoga goes out the door and she is fucking badass. She's like Catwoman. Truly. She is like, this is my home and I will protect it. Yeah, she is like Chaturanga my ass. You're about to get a Chaturanga in your ass. Think about it. Uh, then I hear Miss Martin say, I've got one more bullet in this gun and it's got your name on it. 
and he threw that phone out because he heard that in my voice. And I was really serious. I'm on the phone and I tell 911 the location, where we're at. So I go outside and meet the police at the end of the driveway. So he gave me the phone. I dialed 911 and put it on speaker. So I said, this is Vicki Martin, and I'm holding Tony Gunter under my bed. I've shot him, and they said, we know. So five officers show up and a medical unit. A cop enters the bedroom and says to Vicki, drop the gun. And I said, I will not drop this gun. And the officer repeated himself. He said, I'm only going to say this one more time. Drop the gun. And I was like, oh, wow, this is happening. So I set the gun down very quickly. Uh, they rushed the room. They handcuffed me. And then they took me up the stairs. As they were beginning to take me up the stairs, they dragged Tony out from under the bed. It takes about five to 10 minutes. Um, and then someone comes out on the stretcher, and it's not Miss Martin. I just see a very large man with blood coming from his ankle. Oh my gosh, there was somebody there the whole time. So then they sit Vicky down at the kitchen table, and she is in absolute shock. Right, and she's like, I know all of you waste of spaces have been here 20 times. You wrote a bunch of shit down on your papers. I told you this man was crazy. I told you he was after me. And she starts, like, kind of going out of it. I started to go into shock. And I saw two officers that I recognized that came in, and uh, one told them to get the handcuffs off of me now. And the other female officer walked up, and she said, Vicki, Tony was arrested. And she took me through this breath pattern, and that my eyes started to regulate again, and the brain started to calm down, and I could breathe. Vicki is a fucking queen. She's out here birthing seven babies, protecting her home. She's protecting her home and her life better than any of these fucking cops did. It's true. And then Daniel says, This whole experience uh, is just, first off, eye-opening. You think? Yeah. You thought you were just going to be having a ham sandwich? No, no, sir. You got a lot more than you bargained for. Now, they never figured out how Tony was getting in and out of the house. They did not. But Vicki handled that shit. And now Vicki has gone through recovery. She's done the healing. She just started, like, living her life to the absolute fullest she actually still lives in that home and you know I was researching and her kids were like I think you should move she's like fuck if I'm moving I love this house yeah I'm not making that man take away my joy she like totally took back her power redid her house redid her life she's like you know what I've always wanted to do open a yoga studio she did we fucking love you Vicky yeah we do and she teach she's a, she's a teacher she teaches she uh what's the word I'm like she in, instructs people oh, breathe it she, out breathe it out ready and uh, I need some breathe in Jesus exhale Satan there we go Feels try good. it again baby wow I, I need some kundalini she now teaches people how to become yoga instructors yeah. I mean she's doing the damn thing so she took her power back good for her Tony Gunter was convicted of aggravated stalking theft and violating an order of protection on four separate occasions and he served three and a half years in prison and I promise you that that man is walking funny well, y'all, you can stay comfortable because our next story is in Tennessee as well. I just want to say the title of this episode, because there's a title of the episode and yeah. then the episode lit, the little like yep. two-parter. It's called Break in Bad. Just keep that in mind. Yep. We are in Knoxville, Tennessee. The year is 2019 and we meet Paul Molman and Michelle Gladstone. Me and Paul met about six, seven years ago in a Mexican restaurant in Knoxville. There's nothing like love of a margarita. Honestly, why does it always come back to margaritas? We mention margaritas a lot. Margaritas are delicious. Wait, they really are, and they will fuck you up. I think the last time I got drunk was in like 2021, and it was after two margaritas. I believe it. I saw him sitting at the bar, so uh, I 
kind of guided my friend so that we could sit near him. And we struck up conversation, and he was a very funny guy, so he made me laugh. We switched numbers, and uh, then we started seeing each other. No one meets IRL anymore. That's the only way for me, to be honest. What do you do? You do other things Well, I online? mean, like, I'll chat on Instagram a little bit, but, like, I'd rather meet you in real life and charm you. Yeah? Yeah. Why don't you charm me? Go ahead. Am I straight or gay in this situation? Um, pretend you're straight. <clears throat> Ready? Yeah. <clears throat> No! So <laughs> <laughs> okay, try it again. Okay. It's Rose so Night! <laughs> okay, well, can I try one more time? Okay, no, for, um, I just want, okay, go ahead. Okay. Uh, you're looking really pretty tonight. Okay. And I would love to get to know you and your clitoris. Okay. That's all I got. <laughs> I ain't giving you anything! We really got along very, very well, and things were getting serious. Uh, my daughter and I were living in an apartment, and a couple years later, Paul moved in with us. I'm gonna be unpredictable again. Great. I'm gonna say, you wanna live together, go ahead and do it. But you're gonna spend your years trying to pretend your poops don't stink. I'm just saying. Sweetie. Yeah. I've shared a hotel room with you. Yeah. You don't care if your poop stinks. I really don't. I poop in the hotel room. Where do you poop, my love? Two hotels over. <laughs> he goes to the lobby. I've told that story, but to this day, it makes me laugh. I'm like, babe, I don't care what your poops smell like. I have to deal with your eyebrows on a regular basis. Uh -huh. I would like you to keep them. <laughs> I'll let you do the math on a whiteboard yourself, y'all. We knew that we wanted to live in the North Knox area, and the apartment was just too small for all three of us. So we found this great house for rent. So we pull up to look at the house for the first time, and I immediately noticed the, the big covered front porch. It has some nice bushes in the front, and I, I could tell it was really old, and I love old houses. They, they just have a lot of character. And immediately we, we knew that's where we wanted to live. And the neighborhood was really nice. It was called Happy Holler, which is my new grinder username. And I mean, we're talking Victoria home. Victoria, we're, she's we're, lovely, We're honestly. talking Victoria's home. Victoria hey, Principal. Victoria. Victoria Principal's homes are absolutely beautiful. We're talking Victorian homes, which are my favorite. It's very much my vibe. Mm -hmm. And now we get a layout of the house. So you walk in and it's a big living room. To the left is the first bedroom. It's big. On the left is another huge bedroom. Big bathroom on the right, and there's a huge kitchen, and another big deck on the back, and then a big backyard that was fenced in. So our house was built in 1910. It's an old house. Some things would happen, creaks, noises. They're creaky and spooky, mysterious and kooky. This is Victoria's house. da 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 Victoria. One night, it was about three o'clock in the morning, we were all sleeping, and above the living room fireplace, I have a huge picture hanging. And somehow, the picture falls off of the wall. All of us just come running out at the same time, like, what? ah, what's going on? So I noticed after the picture fell, when we were picking up all the glass, that the hook it was on is still attached to the wall. The hook is still attached to the wall. So that means that either a person or a ghost picked that damn picture up off the wall and threw it on the ground. There are good things about old houses, and then there are the bad things, because you often wonder, what if that was a ghost? Are ghosts that crazy? Yeah, ghosts are like, let's fuck some shit up. They're like, they're stoned ghosts. They're like, okay, let's fuck with these people. Yeah, the ghost is like, I told you, no Kandinsky! <laughs> they're like, you know what fucking freaks me out? 
Basquiat. Get that shit off the wall. Get that shit off the wall. Those are creepy fucking pictures. If I see one more baby in a pail, I am going to haunt Andy Getty's my But I love an Andy Warhol. It's a regular Wednesday. Uh, Michelle, she's up at 7 a.m. She leaves the house at 7.30. I was due to go to a job site, and then at the last minute, it got canceled for the day. And he's like, yip fucking e. <laughs> I couldn't say. You know those days when you have oh, a yeah. big day, and someone's like, ugh, I have to cancel. You're like, oh, no, and you're just doing the happy dance. It's like a kid on snow day. Yeah. Listen, I haven't had a day to sit on my couch since the 80s. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> I was blissfully alone. Enjoying my day, lying on the couch. Well, as I was watching TV, I hear a, a thud from the first bedroom adjacent to the living room. And so I, I put the remote control down. Um, I get up, I walk to the door, I open it. I look in and first I do see a radiator pipe next to the hole it was sitting in. The, it was a good 18 inches away from the hole, and I was thinking, how on earth did this get out of that hole? And I can immediately see that there is some sort of ambient light down there. So I get even closer to the point where I'm maybe six inches, 12 inches away from the hole, and there is a green eyeball staring directly up at me through the hole. <laughs> Me too, Brenda. Me too. Y'all, don't look in holes. That came out wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean. He is going eyeball to eyeball. And he is so clear about what he sees. He's like, that was a white man with a green eyeball. I saw his hair. I saw his clothes. He was dirty. He was like, he can see everything. And then Paul says, And I realized that there's something really, really wrong with this guy. Do you mean? Aside from the fact he is underneath your floorboard, Paul, it's wild. Can we, like, like, does he have halitosis? Does he have stinky feet? The thing that is wrong is he should not be under your fucking home. And the man is not saying a word. He's just staring up looking at him. And he was sort of crawling on his hands and knees. And I get up and I say, what are you doing in my crawl space? Who are you? Paul, you and I are two very different human beings because I would be freaking the fuck out. He's like, sir, uh, pardon me, excuse me. Oh, Do you have any great poupon? Are you in my crawl space? Uh, this, is, this is a little weird. And then again, Paul, very different from me. He says, this guy is up to no good. Paul, yeah, babe, let's amp it up. Let's yeah. amp it up, honey. No time to downplay this situation. Also, up to no good. No good could come from hanging out in a stranger's crawl space. He goes from no good to gun. I got to protect myself at this point. I have no idea what this guy's capable of. And immediately, I go for my gun. It's, it's a recreational kind of gun. It's, it's just a little fun gun you shoot out in the woods, shoot cans with. But he doesn't know that. <laughs> Looking back... I should have called the cops sooner. Listen, Paul, I do not begrudge you that because nobody's thinking clearly in that moment. You're trying to process it. There is an eyeball staring up at you from your crawl space, so it's fine. You're okay. Yeah. Um, also, what's a fun gun? Anyway, never mind. For another time, there are things I don't need to understand. So after I look in the hole and I see that he's no longer there, I call into the hole. I say, dude, I got a gun. You got to get out from under my house. I don't want to shoot you. He's knocking into pipes and ductwork. 
and I can place him in the crawl space somewhere below the floor in the hallway. And I get up and I go to the hallway and I call down through the floor, dude, I have a gun, I don't want to shoot you. And I discharge, I hit the lever on the gun so that a bullet flies out of the gun, lands on the floor so that he can hear that bullet clanking above his head. I hear now that he's gone underneath the porch. And so I open the back door to the porch from the kitchen. And now I can clearly see him basically cowering in the corner. So I have this guy pinned. And that's when I see these two industrial-looking bottles clearly say muriatic acid on them. More on that later. So then he finally has the wherewithal to call 911, and he's like, Hey, this is Paul. What's up? Um, I'm good. I'm actually very chill. No worries. There's somebody under my house. Yeah, no, under the floor. 1910. It's actually really beautiful. No, the, the hardwood floor. Can you get somebody here? But wait, then the dispatcher says, You know, just go to a safe spot in your house and wait for the police. There ain't no safe space in my house anymore. You are terrible at your job. Next, you're going to tell me to put out a grease fire with water. There is no safe space. This is safeless space. <laughs> I can't find a place. Go hide. I can't go to the bathroom. I see the man between the cracks in the floor. There's a hole where their radiator should be. And you're telling me to go find a safe space? The only safe place is church three miles down the way. And I'm not even a Christian. <laughs> find a safe space. You find a safe space. I can't go anywhere. There's acid on the back porch and a hole in my floor. Find a safe space. I got this gun that's meant for fun. I can barely penetrate a can with it. And I got this motherfucker scared. He's in the crawl space corner. You come and get him. Come and get him. You come get him. You okay, Ben? Fine. <laughs> I don't know why people say we scream on this I podcast. don't know. I don't know. No, listen, turn down your volume. There's a button on it, okay? And honestly, it was seven minutes they were there. Exactly. And so I take the officer uh, down the driveway to the side of the house. The gentleman officer then, he draws his weapon immediately, pulls out his flashlight, he gets on his hands and knees and goes right in under the crawl space after this guy. It takes maybe 10 minutes. And then I see the cop out of the hole with, with the guy. Then that's when I had the shock of all shocks. They pull out a black guy. But what is what is it? I saw a white man with green eyes and blonde hair down. That's it. This is not. This the man. is not the man I saw down there. Who is this man? Yeah. I think I'm not well. Yeah. And, uh, and they were like, "No, this is the guy that was under your house." And he was like, "I am so confused." Uh, yeah. And Paul's like, "This isn't right." I. She's like, "No, we got the guy." And I'm like, well, I, "I don't know. I, I I don't think so." And she's she's like. This was the guy and the only guy under the house. So it was around 10.30 and I'm at work and I hear my phone I, that I got a text and I notice it's Paul. So I open the text and his message says, we had a frogger under our house, but everything's okay now. I think that was a typo, I, a frogger, yeah. honey. What's a frogger? I think he meant they found a frog under I the house. I think a frog. Vicky, you know my friend Vicky who lives over in North Knoxville? Yeah. She has a 20-year-old African frog. Yes. Maybe that's what he's talking about. You can't send a text like that being like, hey, we found a frogger under the house, but everything's okay now. The fuck it is. Yeah. Michelle calls for the details and Paul tells her all about the green eyes he was met. He he's said, like, there was green eyes. There was a hole in the floor, in the radio. The black guy, the white guy, the green eyes. She's like, what? What? 
It's just frogs, the frogger, the cops, the acid, the eyes. It's black, it's white. She's like, uh, the Michael Jackson song? So anyway, Paul's like, I'm fine. And the reality of the situation hits Paul, so he does what any red-blooded American man would do who is trying to sort out their feelings. He goes and has a beer. Yeah. So I, I walk into the bar, and I know the bartender. We're very good friends. The bartender was like, hey, Paul, what's up? He's like, actually, a lot. <laughs> Can I just tell you, sometimes there is nothing like that first sip of a very cold Coors Light. Nothing like that first sip of a Coors Light. Don't you know- judge me. <laughs> Okay. Are you okay? I'm fine. Hey, man. <laughs> Listen, I'm not very passionate to Coors Light. I, uh, I'm a mother of a uh, bud lady myself. Oh, do you ever get bud mud the next day? Yeah, I don't know what that is, blue eyes. It's when you get like a little bit of like Budweiser diarrhea the next day from drinking too much bud. Uh, this might come as a shock to you, but uh-huh. uh, women don't poop. Oh, I... Is that in a textbook somewhere? Yep, it's in it's in the uh, Bible. Oh, it's not in a medical journal. I haven't really uh, looked into it, but I've never pooped. <laughs> wow. It might account for this uh, distended belly I've got. You know, you'll be on my prayer list to the day I die. Thank you so much. <laughs> I start telling him the story, and he says, wait a second, a white guy and a black guy? And I, I said, well, I thought I saw a white guy, but they arrested a black guy. So the bartender says, this sounds exactly like two guys we had here last night that were trouble. What? He's like, yeah, we sure did. So then I said to the guy, you know, you have security cameras all over, don't you? And he said, we sure do. So we're going through the footage and sure enough, there are the two guys and I see him. There's the white guy. That's the guy with the green eyeball. I'm not crazy and I didn't make it up and I think, this guy's probably still under my house. And he calls the cops and he's like, Hey, guys, I didn't invent that white guy. No, 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 no. They were at the bar. I looked at the security footage. No, I'm at the bar. I, I know it's the middle of the afternoon. I, you ever get that feeling like all you needed is that first sip of a Coors Light? Okay, <laughs> never mind. Neither here nor there. The point is, there's another frog under my house. Not, a, not, not, not like a ribbit. A frog... So Paul gets back to his house. The cops show up. The cop is like, he's like, well, I'm not going back under there. What? He's like, well, you go under there. You have used up your free crawl space search for today. Yeah, he's like, not doing it. And so poor Paul pulls out his rifle. The fun one. The fun one. And a flashlight. And he is crawling around that crawl space while the two cops are like, you see anything? Yeah. And I mean, my heart is racing. I don't know where this guy could be. Uh, the whole time I was hauling out, dude, if you're under here, now's your chance. I got a rifle in my hand. There are two officers right outside the crawl space doors. There is nowhere for you to go. So all in all, it, it took me a good half an hour to clear that space to make absolutely 100% sure this guy wasn't there. And he wasn't. He clears the crawl space and he goes, I'm telling y'all, there was a scraggly looking white dude under here. I know what we all saw together, but I saw something very different on my own. And this footage that I saw at the bar confirms it. And Michelle was like, well, this is going to make a great Facebook post. I should probably post this on our neighborhood watch social media site. So I put the picture on and said, 
Heads up, everybody. Make sure your crawl spaces are locked. Get ready for the likes. She's like, y'all, check your kids, check your husbands, and check your crawl spaces because they're out here diggy doing and legating in your crawl spaces. Yeah. And so he goes back to the pub because he's like, you know what I need? That fucking Coors Light again. Just <laughs> pour me in, pour me another one of those. So when I was speaking to the bartender about the muriatic acid, and that's when he told me, he's like, well, they cook meth with muriatic acid. And I was like, what? So now Paul is thinking, so there's two guys under my house, pushing out radiator pipes, turning on lights, and they were about to cook up a witch's brew of meth using muriatic acid. Yeah. What in the Breaking Bad? Yeah. Is this what in the fucking Walter White? Have you watched that series? No, uh, my mother loved it. Listen, I know, I know. Turn off your round three of designing women and fucking watch Breaking All right, Bad. I will. But the thing is, is like what I know about meth labs, they blow up. And why do I know this? Because two of our dear friends had a meth lab above them or below them. Above them. And it blew up and blew out their apartment. Thank God they weren't home. But like when I tell you their apartment was destroyed by this meth lab, it was destroyed a lot of down bitches actually donated to them like i just like put out a call to action because they had nothing like they literally didn't even have like shampoo and yep. shit to like even go to like the red cross place and down bitches came through so love you guys you guys are the best also you know who you don't want cooking up meth people on meth yeah because your numbers might be slightly off <laughs> your calculations <laughs> might be slightly off and so they were thinking holy shit, what if we hadn't been home? What if our daughter had been home because she had slept out that night? The gravity of that really set in. It's it's terrifying. And Michelle and Paul, maybe they're just, they had some microdose gummies before this because she's like... When it was all done and we were sending it home, relaxing that evening, I felt still anxious about the situation, a little violated. You think, Michelle? How are those fucking gummies, babe? That is terrifying. One miscalculation of that muriatic acid or whatever. Yeah, it's terrifying. It is absolutely terrifying. Fucking frogging. Yeah. Thankfully, Paula, Michelle, and their daughter, they're just fine. You know, they never did find the white guy. No. That is scary. But a meth lab in your crawl space. Mm -mm. No, thank you. I'm, I'm going to actually say, like, thank you, but no thank you. Yeah, I'm good. Well, that is the episode Say Something Funny. Can I just try hitting on you one more time? Try it. As a straight man? Yeah. Okay. Hey Taxi! <laughs> Buggy, can you give me a ride? <laughs> anyway, thank you, down bitches, for rogging here, bringing you a new set of nightmares you never even knew you needed. But please follow us on social media at I Think Not Pod on Instagram and TikTok and all that, and join us on our Facebook group. It's called the I Think Not Facebook Discussion. Nope, the I Think Not Podcast Facebook Discussion. The I Think Not Podcast Facebook Discussion Group. I did it. You didn't, but keep okay. going. Okay. Anyway, and you can also follow me on Instagram. At it's Joey Taranto. You can find Yellen at Ellen Marsh, Ellen with a Y. And this series is truly going to haunt my nightmares. I know. I'm so happy. Sorry. And if you feel like a little more of me, you can join me on Rabia and Ellen Solve the Case. You can find us where we just sit and we talk about true crime cases with the guests. That's right. It's a true crime talk show. I would love for you to tune in and listen. And if you have a moment, please head on over to iTunes and give us a five star review so that other like minded weirdos just like us can find us. We cannot wait to see you soon. That is right. We are going to be planning our tour very, very soon. Come in, you know, after the first of the year, but we want to 
to come and squeeze as many down bitches' faces as we possibly can because that just makes us so happy. It's true. You know what, Yellen Marsh? I love you so much. I love you, Joey. I love you, DB. I love you, down bitches. Bye. Bye. Oh, that's in the crawl space. That is not what we say, Hegan Freegan Freegan. Yeah, I just got off the phone with Ronald McDonald. <laughs> he said, Hugie, 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 chickens and nuggets. <laughs> also, we don't, no one hears a slot. <laughs> and and, <laughs> <laughs> and she, he was a master electrician. <laughs> Can I just repeat that? Yeah. The hook is still a patch. What? Wow, I don't know what's happening. Babe, are you okay? That's a loaded question. Yeah. <laughs>